0: Tom, are you okay?
1: I lost her. Her? She was gonna be this epic, trilogy-worthy character. I was gonna be the hottest writer in Hollywood. But I can't get past Act One!
0: You need some writer's group therapy. Hello, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. You can find us online at writersgrouptherapy.com and also WG Therapy on Twitter and Instagram. Personally, you can find us at
1: Uh, Tom underscore Loveman on Twitter and Tom Loveman on Instagram.
0: And I'm at Roshni Lamino on Twitter and Moonlily Music on Instagram. So today we have a very special guest and a sweet dear friend of mine, Stephen Smith. Four-time Emmy-nominated producer, produced over 200 documentaries about film. Is the Ooh. word documentarian? What? How do they call that? That What's sounds good to me. <laughs> documentarian. documentarian? We'll just make it up. <laughs> but you have worked for, you've done a bazillion documentaries. <laughs> you've worked with amazing people. Like you've got to interview Julie Andrews, Lynn manuel Miranda. I know you did something for Star Wars. You just did something for Aquaman.
2: Yes, I've oh been gosh. very, very lucky, and uh, it all starts with the script, of course. Everything begins with writing, and I, uh, I've i written two books about film composers, and uh, I used to write for the LA Times, so I really love the written word, and I love taking true stories and trying to make them as exciting as fiction.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed uh, – we uh, had you at a writer's group, and you showed us uh, some of the stuff you've worked on. I really love the uh, 50, 50th Anniversary Sound of Music documentary you did with julie andrews
0: um that That was was great
1: and i'm a big star wars fan so that was great Uh, you know the, the from a writer's perspective uh when you're doing these kind of projects you're dealing with a an existing you know intellectual property how do you approach it um from you know as you know of course it's a documentary so it's a completely different development of the story how do you approach that
2: well, it's important to know in, in whether it's fiction or nonfiction what story you want to tell, and thinking of the the project that I did with Julie Andrews is a, maybe a good example because. When I produced this one-hour documentary on The Sound of Music when the film was going to be released uh, on its 50th anniversary on Blu-ray, uh, there had already been hours and hours and hours of documentaries and films and specials about the making of the movie, the stage musical, the whole thing. And so I thought, what can, what can be done that's different? And because I was going to get to go to Salzburg, where they made the film and where the real von Trapp family lived, and go there with Julie Andrews, I wanted to tell a very personal story, not the kind of making of the movie, all that had already been done, and it was going to be part of the the video set already. So I read Julie Andrews uh, autobiography, which had been published a few years earlier, that focused not on her most famous years, but on her childhood and teen years, which were very difficult. And I realized that she had a lot in common with the character she plays in Sound of Music, Maria von Trapp, who was, of course, a real person. And I, I realized they were both uh, uh, people who were sort of saved from difficult lives by music. Music saved Maria von Trapp's life when she and her family fled, you know, Nazi-controlled Austria. And Julie Andrews found her path out of a, a difficult life uh, through music as well. And when she, when she made the sound of music... No one had ever seen her on film before. She had only made one movie this this Disney movie called Mary Poppins that hadn't come out yet and there was some concern about whether she would even if she was going to make it in the movies so i I met with her and I told her how much I loved her her autobiography, how candid it was without seeming like it was trying to settle any scores or or be salacious, but it was very, very honest and I said that's exactly what I would love to do in this documentary is really talk about who you were as a person then and how this incredible experience of making this film changed you. I mean, When you went into the film, you'd shot a movie that hadn't come out yet, Mary Poppins. By the time you finished the movie, you'd won an Academy Award for Best Actress for Mary Poppins. And then when The Sound of Music came out, your life changed and was never the same. And she really embraced that idea. And I, I took a lot of careful notes reading her autobiography over and over about what words she used. Since I was going to be writing narration for her, her speaking to camera, I thought, does she say movies? No, she says film. You know, Does she say this? So I, I really sort of created in my mind the vocabulary of her speech, and I tried to capture her voice. So that was a case where I was writing for someone else, but also trying to find a very personal story, which I I think we did. And for other projects of mine, for example, when I was a producer on a very long-running series on a called A&E Biography, I was lucky enough to do profiles on filmmakers, actors, everybody from Johnny Depp to people from the 1930s and 40s. And uh, there, you had to sort of figure out what story you were telling. And part of it was based on who you could interview, who was alive, who was an expert, and uh, if you were lucky enough and the subject was still alive, I'd try to spend a lot of time with them and get to know them and then really know clearly what the, what the point of view was going to be on the material, what the structure was going to be, how to structure it in a way that was dramatic but not false, that, that wasn't fake drama, and just be as truthful as, as possible. I, I really feel that for a good documentary, if you can if you can combine information with emotion, you're probably going to have a good film. How did you get into this? Did you always want to do documentaries? (laughs) Not really. I, I think, you know, geography is our destiny. And I was born out here in Los Angeles. And I was lucky enough to have a brother who, he's 17 years older than I am, and he was a Broadway performer when I was a kid. So he would introduce me to all these amazing people in Hollywood, these old-time film stars that he knew. And he introduced me to this this family friend who was sort of like my Uncle Bob, Bob Osborne. And Bob Osborne, who was then a writer for The Hollywood Reporter, later became the host of Turner Classic Movies and did that for many years. And and bob really mentored me and showed me that there was a way to make a living uh making history come to life through books through documentaries uh and i think really my brother and robert osborne were my chief inspirations and really showed me the path of how to do this, because I did do some fiction writing early in my career. I wrote for some TV shows. I did animation for Disney and other places. But I really found that what I loved most was making documentaries about the arts, about process, about why did somebody choose A over B or B over C, and how their own personal traumas and difficulties shape them into being the creative person that they are.
0: That's cool. Now, I mean, because you are working in not to make it a dirty word, but in reality Mm -hmm. TV, right? You're not making a scripted thing, but not that kind of reality. But because it is is a documentary and so you're talking to people about their life stories, how do you deal, if something comes up that's a bit sensitive or, you know what I mean? How do you deal with that? That's a
2: great question. And that's probably a show in and of itself. Uh, and, and and to be very honest, uh, it, it depends how much independence you have. I mean, when I was writing my books, I could write whatever I wanted, really. And it was between me and the editors. When you're making a a, a documentary for, say, network television, you know that you, there are certain things you can't do. There's some language you can't have or maybe some things. But also, if you are enlisting, uh, for, if you're licensing film clips, if you are uh, collaborating with a, a major power player in Hollywood, um, they are sometimes sensitive about what's depicted, and you make uh, choices about what is important to keep and what isn't important to keep. And uh, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a, a trade off. And I think that fortunately, when I look back over about twenty seven years of doing this, I feel that I was able to to tell really honest stories about people's lives with you know as few compromises as possible. D-
1: did you ever do something where someone told you after the fact that they wish you hadn't put something in?
2: <laughs> you know, um... Sort of. Uh, There was an actress named Maureen O'Hara. Some of you may remember from movies like How Green Was My Valley and uh, very fiery redhead star of the 40s and 50s and worked into the 90s. And she was very protective of her life. She had a version of her life that didn't always match up with the real version of her life. Like she completely deleted one husband from her life. <laughs> and we put that husband back in. <laughs> uh, and, you like know, she had post, to- <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that was a good example of kind of saying, well, we really have to talk about that because I know that you were really young and the marriage was annulled quickly, but, you know, you did get married. So so we kept that in. And uh, uh, so, you know, we, we worked with her, but, you know, I wasn't going to tell a, a story that wasn't truthful.
0: Wow. I know um, now you've just gone freelance very recently, but I know when I met you, you were working for Trailer Park and you were doing all those uh, behind the scenes featurettes and stuff that people yes. DVDs, which you said are kind of coming out of, uh, they're they're falling out of style now.
2: Well, we're in a really interesting time, as we all know. Uh, I mean, uh, how many of your listeners, you know, ask, ask yourselves, what was the last time you bought a DVD or Blu-ray? And unless you're really into classic films, which are you know really stronger than ever in that format, you'll get these beautiful editions of older films or classic films from places like the Criterion Collection and others. But the big movie studios are uh, really putting their money into streaming, and I totally get it because that's how I watch most things too. And when it comes to selling their films, uh, social and digital media are more useful than a lot of behind-the-scenes features. So I loved doing for many years uh, the the behind-the-scenes material for uh, movies on DVD and Blu-ray once in a while. I mean, the Julie Andrews project was one of those. I could make a 90-minute film if it was a big, big movie or had a big story, or you could do the equivalent of that much time. And even if it was basically from the studio's point of view a selling uh, tool to have this material on it i always viewed that material the same way as my documentaries or the books that i wrote or a journalistic news article that i wrote it always had to be truthful and informational and compelling in its own right you know i know it was there to sell but that didn't mean it couldn't be truthful and good so i really hope that as as our world pretty much switches into streaming and discs all but go away as they probably will, I hope that there will that there will still be a place for uh, really smart examinations of how filmmakers do their work, how writers write. Because I had so many directors when I was supervising a, an audio commentary say that along with whatever other experience they had, that listening to commentaries from great directors or filmmakers were really useful for them. So I always saw those uh, DVD and Blu-ray packages as kind of like a little film school on a disc as much as possible.
0: I was just going to ask, like, what do you think is going to be lost? But I mean, maybe it really does only appeal to, you know, aspiring filmmakers. Is it meant for the average person? Those I think it's
2: both. I think everybody's fascinated with the movies. And what I always tried to show was that making films, television, it's really, really hard work. It isn't all glamour. People don't just show up and and have fun. Uh they get up incredibly well, they you know, you know, you spend years of your life writing, uh selling, pitching, and then when you finally get something made, uh, that's just the beginning of the process. You know, people have often said there the movies get made three times. There's the one you write, there's the one you shoot, and then there's the one that you edit. And it changes all along the way. And it's a really, really difficult process. And I've always been drawn to stories of of the challenges that happen on a movie. And I don't mean People fighting or any of that, although that sometimes can be part of it. But really, just the choices of how people got through something. How, when everything went wrong, they found a solution that sometimes turned out to be better than what they were originally going to do.
1: Yeah, that's that's super cool. Um, I love the you know when the DVDs came out and we got to see behind the scenes and do all the, all the behind the scenes stuff. I was really into it. But then I guess as as it moved on and we started to do like iTunes a lot of that kind of got, um, they still tried to put them on iTunes, but then a lot of it, you know, it just wasn't wasn't it's a big selling same. point. I think I think. Yeah. in a lot of ways, because yeah. they would always put out like four or five versions of a movie, like you'd have the regular version <laughs> <Right>. and <laughs> the director's cut and then the ultimate edition and then the, you know, the franchises boxed them together with unseen stuff and yeah, so yes. in a lot of ways it was a revenue producing thing and maybe it's kind of, you know, uh, they still I think that the, the Blu-rays still have a lot of extra stuff on them, but but it's evolved. And and as, you, as uh, it's evolved, so has your career. And uh,
2: so now you're doing some new stuff. You're doing some back to yeah, some writing, actually, I'm, huh? I'm, I'm writing another book now and having a great time doing that. But I was going to say, really, you are the future. I think podcasts... Are carrying on that tradition more than anything else because there's so many good podcasts out there about process, and I love your podcast. I love when you talk, yeah, absolutely you talk about you know how to get out of a rut. You talk about trends and things that are happening. You 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 analyze things, but you make it fun, and that's exactly what you know. I always try to do in my work and continue to try to do, which is share things and, and, you know, find There's gotta be a way in for people to find, to feel a connection. And that's the other thing I love about telling true stories in, in print or in TV or in film documentaries is that you can be Steven Spielberg and you can still wake up with tremendous insecurities or doubt about that day, or maybe that project doesn't work. You know, there's no guarantee of success for anyone. And there's no uh, guarantee that a totally unknown person can't succeed. You know, that it it all comes down to talent and a million lucky breaks and a lot of hard work. So I love what you do in the podcast. And there's so many good ones out there that are talking about how to write and the process of it all. And uh, just because I read it recently and I had nothing to do with this, there was a great book series done in the 80s and 90s called Backstory. And it was a collection of interviews with screenwriters, and it's a really good series, so I encourage uh, your listeners out there who are really interested in how classic films were structured and written, really timeless things about what make movies work. I was really enjoying reading those. So so thank you for carrying on the tradition of helping writers write and help storytellers tell their stories. Oh,
0: well, thank you. Yeah. And if people want to find you online, Stephen, where can they do that? <laughs> uh,
2: where will they find me online? I have a very low social media presence right now. <laughs> and that is by choice. But uh, when my when my next book comes out next year, that will change. So we'll, we'll talk then. Okay. But in the meantime, uh, just, just keep listening to this podcast.
0: <laughs> and I can tell all of you guys, you can actually find Stephen's work on a lot of dvds um at universal studios uh there's just so many documentaries you've done that are all over the marketplace that i don't think people even realize so well <laughs> they're
2: out there and uh yeah, yeah you, you probably see seen Maybe something and they don't even know yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well thank you so much for taking the time to be on oh, our thank show thank you this
1: was fun yeah. all right we'll have you back when you get your your next project done sounds Great. good
0: all right thanks we'll see you guys next week